candid shop. We speaking on things you not. Just press play and let it rock. Welcome to the candid shop. Welcome to the candid shop. We speaking on things you not. Just press play and let it rock. Welcome to the candid shop. Oh, feel like we going through mad things. Gotta keep it real when they choose not. We gon' talk about it when the news drop. Welcome to the show where you know we don't fake this. Keep your opinion to yourself if it don't make sense. Hey, Podcast Nation, it is your girl, Candidly Kristen, and this is The Candid Shop, your number one destination for candid conversations. So today, I am having a very, very special author spotlight chat with National Jefferson Award recipient, New York Times, and international best-selling author of A Child Called It and Return to the River, Reflections of Life Choices During a Pandemic and a bunch of other books that I don't have time to mention, Mr. Dave Pelzer. Welcome, 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 Dave, to the Candid Shop. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, it is really my absolute privilege and pleasure to be chatting with you today. Your life story is amazing. Let's just say that I have a copy of Return to the River. And I want to talk about, I'm only up to chapter four, but chapter four is probably my favorite because we share a little bit of uh, similar tendencies when it comes to turning the mind off and sleep and stuff like that. So, but we'll get into that. But first, if you could share with me and my listeners just a little bit of your backstory. Well, I think the backstory is one, and and I'm going to go on a tangent here in the beginning, is I have to say, you know, at age 62, I've been so blessed to have such an adventurous life. I'm the most blessed person I know. And by that, I've studied personalities, politicians, comedians, actors, singers, people of this grandiose intelligence. And I've also studied people, per se, on the dark side. You know, Mm -hmm. the Timothy McVeigh's or these, you know, people, you know, the Unabombers and so forth. And for me... I, I'll just never forget, I was uh, 14. I'm in foster care for about a year and a half. I'm still not able to walk and talk. And I'll clarify this later. I'm still not walk and talk. I'm hunched over. I stutter like a rain man. And I don't make eye contact with anybody. And this one doctor who examined me, the psychiatrist, and I'm with my social worker, beautiful lady, foster mom. And he announces that there is no chance in heck for me. That my mm. abuse started at age four. I was finally rescued at age 12. I weighed, weighed about maybe 60 pounds. I was an mm. ace, isolated family slave, stealing from garbage cans at school after being stabbed or starved or swallowing ammonia. Oh my goodness. They said there's no chance. And it was to me, I kind of sneered, like, really? Trust me, I'll be back. And my beautiful social worker, Miss Gold, she kind of nudged me and looked at my foster mother and they shook their heads and they basically said the same thing. And this is what's important for your audience because I want your audience to get something out of this show. They basically said, son, if you can survive being abused for eight years mm-hmm. with no help, no training, no life coach, basically no motivational speaker per se, right. if you applied all that you did, 
without any help or training. And here's the kicker. I expect nothing but greatness from you. Everything that kind of happened to me was overwhelming. And it scares me now as a grandfather, like, oh my gosh, because I've worked in juvenile halls. I've seen people with situations and they can't seem to, whether they don't want to, or they just gave up on themselves. You know, they just can't get out of the hole. Everything that's happened to me happened at the right time and right place. At age eight, as you know, I was burned on the gas stove. I've been living in the basement for about eight years. And I basically had to realize as an eight-year-old child that the situation between my mother, who is my abuser, it's not going to stop. I can do all the chores on time. I can come up with a cure for cancer. I can do a thousand million things to chase her approval. But this situation is not changing. And what I did is I remember blisters from the palm of my hand all the way to my bicep. And I basically raised my arm, which was really painful. And I vowed to my God and to myself, from this moment on, I'm not going to quit. Right. From this moment on, I'm going to give everything my best shot. We can't change the exterior environment, whether it's COVID, whether it's cancer, no matter the situation, but it's how we deal with from the inside. Yes. You know, and, and it just right time, right place. And that's what life is about when these tumblers come together, a blessing. This is something for the audience. And, and I'm really, you know, I'm trying to give up. I want your audience to really receive this. There's listening and there's receiving. If you have two people tell you something, especially word for word, in a matter of a day or two, that is God talking to you. Mm-hmm. You have three or four people tell you the same bloody thing in a matter of a week. That is God screaming at you to pay attention and heed and heed. Because God is busy. God's going to move on. Parents are going to move on. You know, you're, you can only do so much of a show. You got to move on to other things. And I want people to realize whether it's a divorce, whether you lost a loved one, maybe someone did you harm, maybe the finances have changed. This is so important. You survived for a reason. Carry on for a reason. And again, at the end of the day, be happy. Yes. Absolutely. So your new book, your newest book, Return to the River, uh, the pandemic, God knows, was an unusual time. It, I mean, everybody was forced to slow the hell down. Yeah. And for some, for some, for me, it was a time of reflection, Mm -hmm. crazy revelation. This podcast was born during the pandemic. Yes. Reinvention. So when you wrote the book, what was your intention? What did you want to achieve putting well, it out in the world? I think that, that, that's a loaded question because I know because here's the joke. Anybody who knows me knows I loathe writing. I loathe writing. I mean, uh, a book like a child called it the first book and it did pretty well. It took me like two and a half years and I had to edit it and that and that. And that was only 22,000 words. The thing wow. about me, as I crawl on glass, looking for the adjective, looking for a scene, I think I always, or I always believed I'd be a, I would be a great film director. I would be Spielberg meets Christopher Nolan. He does Inception, Batman, and all that stuff. 
because uh, I'm very careful about character development and drama and having you put yourself in the movie per se. This book came out of nowhere. It really did. I did not know I had a book until I was done with chapter seven. And it was time nine chapters. But I thought to myself, like you, you know, I, I, a lot of it, it was a time when COVID hit. It, it's same thing, whether it's terrorism or cancer. What did we do? Nope. No, 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 no. And here, deny, deny, deny. Right. Then we got all, just stop. It's here. <laughs> what do we do now? Then you try to bargain. I want everything ready by Easter. Easter's good for me. I like the Easter. Hippity hoppity. Then we got a little depressed. Like, oh my gosh, I hate my children. They must die. And then we're like, you know what? This is it. We accepted it. We accepted it. And it would much like the stages of grief. Sorry? Much like the stages of grief. We went through all of that during COVID. The five stages, we call it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was in a different position because I was a fire captain in North California, North Sonoma Coast. And then I would travel like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away at two o'clock in the morning to go to the Russian River in Monterey as a fire captain and trying to help out. And this was the time, just like you, because I've done a lot of radio. I have a face for radio, which is why your audience does not see me. Right? And everybody I was saying, you know, Dave, you know, you're a little bit of comedy. You're a little bit of World Rogers. You know, why don't we? And I finally said, yeah, this is the time to step up and do something because there was political division. A science, the actual scientists were being muted. No, we don't want to hear that. That's not the message we want to hear. Excuse me. Right. It gives me no pleasure to say, you've got cancer. You've got six months. I'm obligated to tell you, get your house together. Just as a fire captain, is she going to live? Is she going to live? I know we're doing everything we can. We're doing everything we can because no one wants to deliver bad news. But if you're a parent or a leader, hello, if you're a leader, you have yeah. to, you know, tell the truth because you're always of service to others. Hence, the clowns of the 90s and 80s, these motivational people had all the answers to everything. Really? Give me the lotto numbers. That's all I want. If you know everything, we need a lot of numbers and you get a car, you get a house, you get nothing. Okay. And it's just like you, I wanted to do something. So I thought, what if I put myself, you know, in a weird situation that I'm overwhelmed? I don't have any answers. I'm trying to be of service. And even with COVID, I had two unexpected losses. And how does one move on? Because you've read part of the book and I can guarantee you, You've already put yourself in this story. Like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I had that same feeling. Or, oh my gosh, I should do this. I would not do that. And I really, if you look at this story, and I'll say this with love in my heart, I think it's a beautiful, haunting love story about loss and taking inventory in the war of the worlds type situation. Because it yeah. affected everybody and COVID was still affect us for at least two to three more generations. COVID came to visit me about a month and a half ago. I said, oh, COVID, wow. breaking up. I want to see other viruses. Leave me alone. Yes. Talking. Quit talking. I took COVID off Facebook, Twitter, tweet, everything. Okay. But COVID came in. I don't know what happened. I was weak. Okay. Yeah. So it's I am. Story. It's a beautiful love it, story. It is. I am up to chapter four. I've been kind of flipping a few 
I actually have like six books for other episodes that I'm trying to read. So I, I found, you know, remotely informed when I'm doing this, but I got to chapter four, The Odyssey of Sleep. And when oh, I yeah. tell you, talk about put yourself in a story, everything you wrote from alone up yeah. to my mind hardly ever completely spools down. I was like, oh my God, it's so me. I should have said this. I could have done that. Yeah. And it's weird because you, what a lot of people do, and I've done some counseling and trying to help people out. And I've done it. It's weird because when you give advice, it's so easy and you're so smart. And these are pearls of wisdom. But when that comes in your face, you're like, oh my gosh. And it's hard, particularly as you grow older, to really take inventory of what you did right and wrong. But everybody does it. It's called the bargaining thing. You know, if I, if I had that job, job back to the future, Marty, the time continuum fucked. Mm-hmm. That's not reality. Or, no. or if I can change that one nanosecond, my life would be different. Well, that's called the right. butterfly effect. You change this, but it alters that. And we have yes. to point, good or bad. We can beat ourselves up. And you know what? That's, that, that's good to kind of do that to prevent another folly. But at the same right. time, you have to say, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. I've got to do something. There was a movie called World War Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Pitt, the doctor. And it's things are not going well. And he's right. trying to help a family. He says, you got to come with us. Come with us. No, no, no. We'll stay here in our little apartment. No. Life is movement. You've yeah. got to keep moving. Winston Churchill once stated, when you're going through hell, you keep going. going. Yes. And that's, what, I mean, again, whether it's that divorce or someone did you wrong or again, the COVID or something, it's unfortunate. It ain't there, but you've got to do something to make your life better. And a lot of people do that. Unfortunately, three easy payments of 1995, you lose a thousand pounds in five days or less. I guarantee it. Really, really. The quick tender date. If you can find a date, you can lose a date. It takes time, but you have to manage. Right. The biggest thing in my life is time and energy. How much time and energy I put into drama. I don't yeah. use the white noise. I do not care about creeping up on the crap dashes. Excuse me. Keeping right. up on the park wall. I just can't. I, don't, I love Johnny Depp, but I don't care about Johnny's divorce with Amber. It doesn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're in yeah. a different mode of personal accountability, yeah. responsibility, and at the same time, helping out your fellow man. I agree. I agree. So, Dave, when you hear this word, tell me what it means to you. Resilience. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. For me, I remember in the 80s, I was flying for the Air Force, had a very young, beautiful child. Oh, my God. And and Charlie Beast was coming out of the closet, per se. And a lot of people were going to take back the night, which was nice. (laughs) And they took back the night three nights in a row. And then their big lighters or candles ran out and they all dispersed. I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, that's it? I'm going, hey, come back. And, and everybody was a victim of being a victim by being victimized. I'm going, okay. And I kind of, what do you think, Mr. Pelzer? Gosh, I'm wiping my tears away. But you know, I've never met anybody come up to me and says, I'm a victim of cancer. They say, I'm a survivor of cancer. Mm-hmm. I will fight cancer. And every day I'm cancer-free is a blessing. What do you mean? Well, you survive for a reason. Resilience, resilience, resilience. And if you look at our country, how the country was formed, 
You look at any story. I love the Olympic stories because I don't care who gets the gold and silver. I'm looking the behind yeah. the story. Wow, I am so amazed. And then you see like like uh, Jesse Owens. Okay, he made it look so easy. Okay, the Nazis wanted him dead. Okay, yeah. well, he's not Aryan, and he is a little, you know. Okay, let's just say he's African American. Yeah, Hitler. Yeah. Because I am Hitler, we have everything. You are nothing. And yet the story behind everything he had to do just to show. See, I love, I love Rocky Balboa. That is the most amazing, simple film. Rocky knows, yo, Adrian, I can't win this guy. This guy's too big, you know? He has everything. He's got the muscles, the experience. He's got sponsors. Rocky's got, you know, I got a pair of shorts, okay? I got nothing. And he takes the hint. And he gets up and he gives it his best. I don't care if Rocky wins or loses. I care that Rocky just stood up for something. Mm-hmm. Stood up for something. What's the old saying? If you don't stand up for something, you will fall for anything. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes. I used to love it. And pardon me. And I'm being very careful here, audience. I used to love the N-word. No. When He's someone would find out, no, you can't do this. You're a foster child. You're stupid. You can't even walk. You can't even tie your shoes over, under, through, sideways, backwards. I'll be back. I'll be back. And I think that resilience that I learned as a child, realizing the situation I was in, accepting Mm -hmm. the situation for what it was, and finding waste is kind of like, okay, mom's not going to feed me. I'll eat out of garbage can. Okay, she laced it with ammonia or Clorox. I would put wax paper and wrap pieces of bread. So the ammonia didn't see through the wax paper. Okay, she found that. I would, unfortunately, and I'm embarrassed to say, I would steal food at school. I would steal food out of the garbage cans in school. I always somehow found a way. Now, this is a good story. And I don't know the lady's name. And if I did, I probably wouldn't say it anyway. I did a program and I had another speaker after me. And this lady, God bless her, raised five kids. A single mom, five kids in Oak. In California, and they all graduated college. Now, hang on, hang on. We know how easy it is to be a single parent, raise five kids, and they all went to college. She, she probably had a hundred million dollars in the bank account. <laughs> really, really. And I went up there, and we gave each other a big hug. I said, "My dear, my dear, how in the hell did you stop? Don't even ask. I just did what I had to do." And I'm going, "Damn, yeah, this." And that's the thing is, it's only for the now. You're having a bad day, but it's only for the now. That doesn't mean for the rest of your life. Okay. Everybody fault. Look at the book, Return to the River. I'm an action guy. I mean, Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. Trust me, Tommy. We're doing the real fire. You know? Right. Just do it. And here it is like a couple years later. I'm talking to you in my upper loft, looking at pictures, a thousand pictures of my son. 10,000 of my grandsons. And I got it. Waffle outside redwood trees and a deck. And I'd like to plant my little flowers. Come on, man. Nice. Life is beautiful. But you yes, got to make it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I want to go back. Excuse me. And talk a little bit about your first book, which, by the way, stayed on the New York Times bestseller list for six years. Yeah, years. Now, not the average thing is about three weeks. Yeah, 
So that is it's amazing. It's story. No one want the publishers didn't want it. They thought this is oh, about a dude. No, this is resilience. This is not what you this, think. Yes, and that's what I wanted to ask you when you wrote that. Why mm-hmm. at that time when you wrote it was it important for you to write? Oh, it was. You better get your tissues out. That book was not a book, believe it or not. It was initially, okay, okay. I was a kid in the basement. I used to bring home books. So my mom wouldn't beat me so much because I said, oh yeah, I'm stupid. So I got to do homework. So I would read Treasure Island. Kids, boys wanted to be astronauts or baseball players. I wanted to be not a writer, but I wanted to live through the stories. Right. And what it was, my teachers who rescued me, they called the authorities. There weren't any penal codes to protect kids or those trying to protect children. And I wanted to, I mean, they could have lost their jobs. This was that serious. This was like, again, Mission Possible, rescue that kid. And I wanted to do something nice for them. I gave myself 10 years and I thought, no, no, I'm going to give myself 20 years, mm-hmm. get my act together. And I was going to write them a long thank you letter. And, you know, I put in examples and da, 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 and the characters of the teachers. And I thought, what if I can write a little book, mm-hmm. a little book that was a thank you letter in a sense. And that eventually became a child called It. I am so proud to state, I have a photo right behind me of my teachers holding the printed, not published, the printed copy of a child called It that was given to them, that was also dedicated to them. Mm-hmm. On the exact date of my 20 year anniversary. Wow. No, it's not being rescued. Of being rescued. I stayed with my teachers. They got the copies of the book. At that time, a few months prior to that, I was one of the country's 10 outstanding young Americans, like my heroes, yeah. Orson Welles, Chuck Yeager, President Kennedy, Christopher Reeves, who played Superman, and Bankrupt. My life, again, is just wow. I have Forrest Gump my way. Yes, yes, you have, sir. You certainly have. I was going my way, my dear. You sure have. It was a beautiful thing. And then eventually, it was printed in 93. And eventually, I had to buy rights to my own book because I didn't know it was not published. It was published in 95. And then two years later, which was unheard of, it finally made the list. And it was just, it was, of course, it's like a Hollywood story again, like, no one wants you. No one wants you. Hey, baby, how you doing, baby? I love you, Dave. Oh, baby. We got right. to let I want to manage you. Really? You're right. Now everybody wants you. So yeah. did all of those absolutely horrific experiences from your childhood, were they what led you to your life of service in the military? As a yes, yeah. yeah. Well, part of it was, and I have to be honest, because if, if you look at the book, you can tell within a chapter, I am a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I cry. It's obviously Casablanca. I cry. What, what's that show? Not Fried Green Tomatoes. The one with Julie Roberts. And she dies. And Sally Fields' oh, mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was a scene. Sally Fields, the mother, is crying because she lost her daughter. And her friends are trying to help her. They're Southern Louisiana ladies. And she says, if you want to hit something, let's hit Weezer. We'll sell t-shirts. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, so I love a Casablanca story or terms of endearment. Oh my God, please don't die. Yeah. From here. I love you so much. Yeah. And, and, this, and, and the book is just a romantic love story. And it is about loss and life. But it's about that thread 
of hope and don't give in to despair, you know? And because a lot of people harm themselves or unfortunately they step past this edge and they harm others as a form of revenge or power or control. Yeah. And that's why what I try to do with my show, as you do with your show or the book, is bring a sense of calm and a sense of enlightenment. Every day that we don't die of COVID or every day that our kids come home from school or now that we can pay the mortgage is such an amazing blessing. I took out my firefighters one of the first days that we weren't required to wear a mask. I took them out to a little lunch by this little cheapy little hole in the wall golf course. And I said, no talking. Eat your lunch, gaze at the beauty, call someone, no talk. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's a blessing. I have, again, have been blessed. So in the Air Force, I was desperate because I was out of foster care, still residing in the home, paying room and board. They gave me a couple months and I was on my own and I was scared to death. Right time, right place. Because they didn't want a high school dropout foster child in the Air Force. Heck no. But I, I, I weaseled my way in there because I was there five times a week, shining shoes and reading brochures what have you, and a small door opened per se, and I stuck my foot in there and I just, they said, you're going to get the worst job ever. You're going to get right. a job as swamp cook in Florida, like Papillon. I said, sure, I'll play, what do I care? And I went from that to events called jump school, airborne training, and then eventually that to flying for the Air Force. And as a foster child, I would study aircraft and the most top secret James Bond aircraft in the world was called the SR-71 Blackbird, Mach 3.5, faster than a speeding bullet. And I was blessed to be a mid-air refueler for that particular plane years later. And that's why again, I restate, you know, you got to be ready for when good things happen to you. You do as much as you can, as long as you can, for as many as you can, which is the Baptist prayer. And sometimes God will put something in your lap. The question is, now what? Now what? What are you going to do with it? I've been blessed. I mean, the adventures I've had. I mean, I spent summers in Iraq doing comedy. I've done rescue ops at Katrina or Joplin. The books have done well. At age 52, I somehow ignorantly said, all right, I got to, you know, I'm slowing down. I'll be a firefighter. I think that will be fun. Oh my gosh. It ain't like the movies. I'll tell you that. <laughs> There's a lot of bodily fluids out there. You're going, okay. I can imagine. I, you know, firefighters are some of my favorite people. So well, I, and they are great, outstanding, dedicated people. And the one thing I'll say, and I wish if I was, if I was president, I would so say, you know what? I love you, America. And I love you, world. We all did a good job. We had no one quit. We still got our food. We still got our fuel. Because I thought, okay, if that stops, we are so screwed. First responders showed up. Your medical personnel showed up. Teachers were trying to find another way to teach. Yes. You know, life was different. And now we're slowly starting to open it back up again. And and, and I got to tell you, this, this is a side note. I thought, I, I love movies. Anybody knows me knows I'm a movieaholic. And I, I wanted to see this movie. And everybody's saying, you have to stream it, have to stream it. I knew COVID was serious when they pushed back James Bond three times for six yes. months. Oh, wow. oh. Greg, save us. Let me cruise. Yeah. Save us. 
And then I was watching the point. I was like, oh my God, I just want to see James Bond. Come on. I remember the COVID was starting to open up. And this is really important. And this man was this gentleman who hasn't shaved and looks kind of gruffy was Tom Cruise. He says, I want to thank you. I want to thank all of you for being patient. Paramount wanted to stream it, but I wanted to, you to see this film in its full glory. We made this film for you. So thank you for waiting. We got a great film for you. Peace out. I thought that is the epitome of all of us working together, being patient. Now here's the show per se. Enjoy yeah. the popcorn. Yeah. I really think COVID humbled us. Mm. And at the same time, hopefully, it's like me. Every time I eat something, I feel like Tom Hanks. I have ice. Let me tell you, you're going to see this in the book, if you haven't seen already, my dear, is my big thing. Like when I was stabbed, that was an accident. My mother didn't intend to stab me. Everything else was delivered. Swollen pneumonia, starving, beating me up and stuff like that. She was a nurse before she married my dad. She's trying to bandage me up. I remember fainting in her arms. And I thought to myself, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. She can't hide this. I'm bleeding out of my abdomen. And all I wanted was clean sheets. Clean sheets. When I was rescued, I thought I was going to jail. And I thought, clean sheets. If I had open every day, I would have clean sheets. But I'm at yes. the point in my life. Once a week, I have clean sheets. I can, I can cook anything I want. I listen mm -hmm. to beautiful, so soothing music. You know, yeah. I have a beautiful life. And you know, what did that Tom Hanks say in one of his movies? Cast away. Keep the mm -hmm. faith. You yeah. never know what the tide's going to bring in the next day. And I've been very fortunate. And that's why I think it's so important to, I don't know if the word pay forward or give, but I know what it's like to be less than zero. I really do. So if I can buy, I go to Costco once a month solely to buy socks and sleeping bags and jackets. I go to the mm. grocery store and I had to learn this over time. When I buy the sandwich with the hostess donuts and two bags of chips and two things of water, I got to get these folks napkins and two things of mustard and mayonnaise. Right. I get more pleasure giving out these things and back in my day when I was doing very well, I mean, I would buy a wing for a foster home, cars for individuals, and I almost think I got maybe one or two thank you cards. Nice. Okay. Which is fine. Which is fine. But I feel that, you know, on the back nine of life, you know, hopefully I'm having an impact for my son and for his son. And hopefully other people to kind of step up and do Something, whether it's a nod, open up a door, say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, show politeness, show manners. Right. This, is a, this is a perfect time for you. And this is why your show is so important for wow. people to stop, heed the message and do something with the love that we're trying to give. Yes, I agree. So at the end of the day, who is Dave Helzer? You're, you're, this is me. This is me. I'm, I'm the most affable. I'm the smartest idiot you'll ever meet. That's number one. I had a, I don't want to give off the guy's name because he probably regrets it now, but I was, the, the, the child called it has been looked at for a movie and they actually might be working on it this summer. But mm. I, I met an A-list star and his lady 
friend, an A-list star. And, 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 you know, I'm always, you know, I'm not starstruck. I'm not. But this gentleman was very, very polite to me. And I swore to goodness, he actually said, you're the dude, man. You're like the, you're like the blonde James Jack Bauer dude, man. You're like the man. And I said, thank you, sir. I wish I was being recorded. Right. I said, Mr. Magoo. And, and, and off, when I'm off duty, I am so Mr. Magoo. And it made him laugh. That's all in fun. I mean, this is I love I don't know what to say in the course of a life. You never know what events may transpire. Because I guarantee you, as an individual, Dave, sometimes you speak fast. Dave, you're too dying. What's the real Dave? Baby, you know? Right. I got to tell you, I am just so happy to be here. You know, this is kind of, you'll see this at the end of the book. Don't want to give it away. The best summer of my life before things went crazy was the summer of 1976. Dad was a firefighter. He used to take us to the Russian River in Northern California or the San Francisco. The cover of the book represents the summer of 1966, the best summer of my life. Right. My mother held me, as you read in the chapter, held me by the Russian River where things were getting very bad. But I just remember smelling her hair and feeling the love of her heart. That mm. same summer, on this little cabin that we rented on Riverside Drive and, and the little Russian River, my dad and I took a walk. And, and boys didn't do that with their dads back in the day. Right. And when things were very bad, I would go back into my little head and relive those magical moments. I live not even 50 feet away from Riverside Drive. Wow. We had a photo taken of myself, my son, holding hands with his son, with my father's firefighter badge in my pocket for generations. I act affable, but I am damn serious about duty, honor, country, and family. Yeah. And I'm just, again, who's real Dave Pelzer? There's this, again, this is it. And I, all I want to do is make an imprint and somehow do something that has an impact. And if you don't like me within five minutes, Go to another show, visit another restaurant. I'm okay with all I can do is the best job I can. And there's a line from Julia Roberts. She was getting beaten up by the press years ago. Well, you've been engaged and you've done this and that, and your movie didn't work out. And so and so said that about you. (laughs) And she just, you know what she did? She's got that beautiful smile. Like, can you do that in slow mo, Julia? And can I be your hairbrush? Because I do love your hair. Jesus. We tossed her hair and smiled. And she said something that really, really I stuck with me. I know in my heart what is true. Yes. That says it all. You know, this is not a contest of like, I'm the most popular person in the world. You must love me. Shut up. We need serious people to address serious situations. And we need to be kind and polite. And we need to take a step back that we're not so hyper, 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 hyper sensitive of every syllable. Did you say that? No, I didn't. But I thought you did. And now I'm upset. Right. That's your side of the street. All I can do is be the best person I can be. That's the real Dave Pouncer. Well, I like the real Dave Pouncer. So Dave, what is on the horizon for you? You mentioned I was going to ask you about a child called it or any of your books being 
you know, made into a movie? Are there more books we can look for? Well, 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 what, or, by the way, I, you, right now, I, if you, I was with you, I would, I, I, I just feel the sensation. I would give you this a big hug because I just think you're just an amazing lady. God bless you. Oh, thank but, you. There's a possibility that we're going in production for the movie finally this summer. Uh, awesome. And, and Hollywood is a very weird business. It's on again, off again, on again, off again. It's like, okay, or whatever. And I can't right. count on that. As, as a writer, the truth is, I really think I'm never going to write anything as good as Return to the River. I think as a writer, it's my best writing because there's threads involved in how we tie those threads. And what I wanted to do deliberately with Return to the River is put the reader in the book. You know, you this did. is about you. It's not about my character per se. It's about you. I think on the short term, because I you know I, I've when I moved, I, re- I turned in my badge per se with the uh, Sonoma Coast. I, I think in the short term, I think it's about you know me, you know, getting healthier, you know, and slowing down a little bit. When I was on the road, one time I was on the road about three hundred days a year, and it was sixteen hours a day, solving everybody's problems, which is impossible. Yeah. So I think for me, it's just spending time with my family and my beloved grandson. And it sounds weird. And this is therapy for me. Me just like, mm, I don't know what I'm going to do today, you know, but maybe I can plant this or I can help out a neighbor or, you know, maybe I can be kind or maybe, you know, all I'll do is just watch TV or what I'm doing now is I'm reading books I haven't read in like 20 years, you know, nice. um, I, 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 the answer is I really don't know, but I know that this is my last prayer and this is very private. I always pray for people I don't know and people that don't do well. I always pray for my family, my siblings and their children's children. I pray for my staff. They're so beloved. God bless them. I pray for my son. And I pray, I actually have a prayer for people that are no longer in my life, but I know they cared about me and actually loved me. And that's a blessing. And my last prayer is I want to be healthy. I want to be wise. And my last prayer is, please use me for one more mission. And maybe my mission is just help raise my grandson. Maybe my mission is I do one thing for one person that's at that precipice. And maybe I can say or do something that can change his life or her life or the lives of others. But if anybody says, I'm going to do this and do that, da, 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 no, good luck with that. Yeah. I'm just, what I'm going to do is slow down. And just look at the blessings in front of me. That's all I want to do. Of course, okay, you know what I want? Can we please cast the next James Bond and start production? Let's go, people. Come yeah, on. how about it? How about it? Oh, my I agree. I agree. Yeah. Oh, my God. I said, like, guys, you had COVID. Why didn't you start spooling that up? Right. But listen, Dave, I wanted to ask you, are any of your books on Audible? Because I'm a huge proponent of listening i know the first two are because actually i actually did the audibles years ago and this is a cute story if you want to hear it it was that i I was in the studio in san francisco from like 4 a.m to 6 a.m i thought that's kind of where and they said well robbie's gonna be here i'm going okay robbie dobby and i came out of the bathroom during a break and i bumped into robin williams oh my god and and it was it was it was kind of cool so the first two books are in audio and okay. i know the last was in audio too because they had me narrate just like a few few sentences or something like okay. that cool so there, there's that so good well listen 
Thank you so much. I, when I first read your story, I think your publicist responded to something and he was like, I think it would be great for your show. And I'm like, and we, I typically do a, a pre-recording chat with guests. We did not do that. So this is our first, Uh-oh. you know, uh, it's experience with each other. And guys, I got to tell you, I don't go on camera for a whole lot of nothing, but they, he was like, Mm-mm, I got to see you. And I got to see that smile, baby. You guys will see that part, but I did. And I'm glad I did. I am glad that you decided to join me. I know you get tons of offers. So thank you so much. But we are not done because we nope. still have to play 10 okay. Candy Questions. I'm going to interrupt you. And this okay. is important. And I'm going to slow down the show before we have fun time. Okay. Oh, this hey. is important. And this is for you, my dear. And this is for your audience. This is the best gift I can give you. Listen with your hearts. The proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. And that's Jack London. Another one I want to give you, and this is more personal, and I'm sure you're going to figure this out. Live a grand adventure. So to tell a great story, North Sonoma Coast, California fire captain, 4412. Nice. Thank you. Isn't it? Those were pearls. Those were pearls. Right now, I'm ready. Hit me, baby. You ready for 10 candy questions? All right. There we go. Question number one. What is your biggest pet peeve? Rudeness, deliberate rudeness. Hmm. Not a man of deliberate rudeness. Ho ho. Me either. Being deliberately late. Deliberately late. I don't like that. Oh, God. That's not, That's my ultimate pet peeve. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Mm. What do people misunderstand about you the most? Oh goodness! I I <laughs> because of who I'm, what I do. They're just like, are you like real? Like. Well, well, <laughs> that type of thing like or why are you funnier how come you've done all this stuff or i don't understand you know okay whatever what i want to do is this and this is important and oprah taught me this she said on her 40th birthday she said the inside is matching the outside and i'm at the point at age 62 ish that i'm confident enough to say what i mean and mean what i say and if it offends you i don't mean to but i'm moving on i just want to be a nice person all right. Question four, dogs or cats? Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to throw aside. A, okay. Turtles. Nope. And he had a pet turtle. I swear to God. My grandson's going to pick out a turtle for me in the next few weeks. He's already named it. Monster oh, truck. my gosh. Oh, oh it's maybe, hopefully it's not a big turtle. I'll have to say cat because I had my, my Mrs. Pelzer, the, the atomic blonde. She had a cat and the cat lived with me and the cat would talk to me, sit on my computer, tell me about her day. She's rolling around. I'm like, okay, how was your day? Okay. Oh, that's funny. All right. Tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Oh my goodness. Mr. Ziegler, my Clint Eastwood teacher who helped rescue me. Okay. Oh my gosh. 
probably Miss Woodworth, who just passed away, one of my, one of my English teachers, and she told me at one time, because I didn't talk, and I would read, and she said, you might, you might be a good writer, because I used to write book reports. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Okay. Wow. Now, now I got to get serious. I think my father, he was a firefighter in San Francisco, and as you read in the book, he would always say, you know, one of these days I'm going to confront your mother. I'm going to fix this. Be patient. And one of these days I'm going to rescue you. And unfortunately he didn't and couldn't. And when he died, he died of cancer alone. He was in the hospital for about 46 months. No one visited him. My mother was so evil per se. She wouldn't tell anybody my dad was in, in the state that he was. He was homeless. And the only thing he had was his firefighter badge and he gave it to me. He couldn't speak, he couldn't communicate with his eyes and he gave me this badge that I carried on every Air Force mission. My son was born meeting the presidents, every in-service training. And then eventually when I became a firefighter, his badge number was, oh gosh, I'm sorry, 2215, something to that effect. And I asked my fire captain on my helmet that weighs like eight pounds, I said, I wanna make it, you know, 1522-A. So I'm trying to convey, it's like always, carried my father with me. And you saw that in chapter one of the book, remember? Yeah, after, yes, I did. I think, I think I have to be honest because sometimes when people influence you, it doesn't have to be, you know, that life coach or someone who has all the answers, but sometimes you're influenced about something that might've been negative, but you have the chance to really make it into something positive. Yes. Good question. I, I agree. All right. Morning person or night owl? morning but i of course you know i mean you're talking to a guy who has insomnia so yeah i, I like to get a right. lot of my son in the morning so i can either plant in the afternoon or i like just sometimes i sit on my deck and i have either let's say some coffee or maybe a glass of wine at the end of the day and i just try to be still mm -hmm. i want to enjoy but definitely not a night out no i don't i, I don't i don't like the nightlife i don't like the boogie i know that she don't get gotcha. it <laughs> All right. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? That is too darn easy. Mm -hmm. I'm living right now. Didn't I see that and how the tapestry is all just put together? I can, and that was the thing too, because I could probably live. I mean, I thought about Italy. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. I love the Italian food. Okay. Me and Dom Dela. Okay. I, yeah. I know I, I am living exactly where I want to live. Okay. All right. Hey, question. What is your favorite curse word? If you have everybody <laughs> Okay. Here it is. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We're in two thumbs. Oh my goodness. That's one of my favorite questions. I get so many bad answers. Hello, Pope. What's your favorite curse word? Well, that's I know he's got Okay. I think my favorite curse word, grack. Grack. That's Russian for idiot. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Grack. There you go. Russian. You're so dumb. Okay. All right. Ninth question. What's one question you wished I'd ask you during our chat and how would you have answered it? 
No, you you are a very skilled interviewer. I mean, what I love about you is like you're just real, and it's like, oh my god, I'm just having a chat, but it's very deep. Um, well, that, Dave, will they cash you as James Bond? And if they did, will you say yes? I would decline being Bond, but I would like to be. Here's what we need. I want to be a Bond villain because I have this amazing lair, you know, and they want to take over the world. I'm going, okay, that's always worked for you bad guys, but I would right. be like the comedic villain. I would, I would love that. You should ask me about that. I would kill it. No pun intended. But you did Oh, and tenth and final question, which is the same for everybody. How can my listeners connect with you, get your books, tune into your show, which we didn't even talk about? I mean, how can this link up with this you? com. We have a website. I do a podcast show every three weeks or so. The books are like the virus. They're everywhere. You know, any bookstore in the world or, or even like the Amazon. And, and again, I, I, I got to slow this down because I want your audience to receive this. Thank you for this opportunity. Because what's great about your show is I get to be me. I can be affable, I can be a little funny, but you know, a little Rocky Balboa jab, you know, yes. you know, get your life together. And I think my last words are, be happy, be happy now, and be the happy now, damn it. There's yeah. my favorite golf part. I love it, I love it. They first, let me just say in all seriousness, that I am glad you survived what you went through and not only survived, thrive. And I want to thank you for your, your service, your time, your observation, your humor, your wonderful laugh and smile. Thank you so much for joining me thank on you. the show. It, you, it, you are a blessing. And I thank, thank you again. You. Thank you. All right, guys. So Dave's contact info, his website, links to his books will be in the show notes. And don't you guys forget to visit my website at www.thecandidshop.com, Candid with a K, and listen to an episode or four. Drop me a review and please share the show with your friends. Until next time, I want everybody listening to keep it safe, keep it healthy, and keep it candid. <laughs>